Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Riding the Storm Out. Today, we have a very special broadcast on the separation of church and state. Stay tuned. Well, David, it's the state of Oklahoma, and 80% of Oklahomans profess to be Christian. Now, of course, we recognize there's a difference between checking a box and actually mm-hmm. being something. Uh, but there was a firestorm this week. Why don't you lay the groundwork for what we're going to see? Well, in Tulsa, there, there was a graduation ceremony, and someone on the school board prayed in Jesus' name. And that created quite a firestorm. Because that's constitutionally not right. Ah. You can, you can, you're forbidden. I'm assuming this is probably another white nationalist <laughs> that's trying to force this Jesus stuff down our throats. No. No. Probably some <laughs> dominant male trying to promote the patriarchy of America. Nope. No. So it's actually a black, black female, female school board member in Tulsa mm-hmm. that had the audacity to pray in Jesus' name. Yeah, and her prayer only lasted, what? 18 seconds? 18 seconds. I can't clear my throat in 18 seconds. <laughs> let's let's check it out. Member violate the Constitution by offering a prayer at a high school graduation ceremony. Board member Elena Ashley is being heavily criticized for her actions that are being called inappropriate. But as News Tally's Bert Mummel reports tonight, she says what she did was absolutely appropriate. Bert. Mark Elena Ashley says we're Americans founded as one nation under God and that she's shocked at the backlash. Before the handshakes and diplomas at East Central's graduation ceremony last month, school board member Elena Ashley invited everyone to pray with her. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that each one of you would walk forward from this moment in the excellence and love of God, that he would guide you direct you, and draw you to your ultimate goal in the name of Jesus. It lasted just 18 seconds, but it set off a month of controversy, with Ashley saying she received an email from school board president Woolley stating, Dr. Gist and I have received numerous complaints from members of our school community about you adding a religious prayer to the commencement statement. The prayer you made is not allowed under the U.S. Constitution and rulings by the U.S. Supreme Court. It was just a statement of well-wishing and love. And TPS officials aren't the only ones upset. The Freedom From Religion Foundation sent a letter to TPS with the subject line, Unconstitutional Prayer at Graduation Ceremony, and stating a school board member co-opting a public school graduation ceremony in order to promote their personal religious beliefs and ask students to engage in a religious ritual is inappropriate and unconstitutional. And if they decide to sue her, I think she's got an excellent case. Attorney Ken Malloy of the Oklahoma Oklahoma Center for Constitutional Analysis says 10 years ago what Ashley did would have been a problem, but with the makeup of the Supreme Court now. Yes, Elena was a public official. Yes, it was a public event. Historically, that had been problematic. But with the new way that the court is swinging in favor of telling organizations, we got to draw that line more in favor of free exercise clause and not so much in favor of the establishment clause. I think she's got an excellent case. 
We reached out to TPS and Board President Woolley. TPS told us Tulsa Public Schools is a district that celebrates and values students, families, and team members from all backgrounds, religions, and cultures. We have yet to hear back from Ms. Woolley. I think it's a terrible thing to um, step all over our religious freedom of speech liberties. Ashley says she's been told that in the future, unless she sticks to the scripts at commencements, she'll no longer be allowed to deliver them. She says if that happens, she sues. Good for her. Good for her. Elena Ashley is as a new hero, right alongside Superintendent Ryan Walters. Mm-hmm. But you know, this is this nonsense. This you see, Ryan Walters is now in the middle of a firestorm. You know what? Ryan Walters is hated by the godless liberal NEA, which is a, a folks. We'll we'll play some videos about the NEA in, in the near future. You would be shocked. It's not like public education was when we were in school. When I was in school, I'm sixty. I'm not entirely over the hill decrepit okay i'm over the hill but i'm not that old but there was a day where when i was in elementary school we had preachers come in before christmas and read the new read the christmas story out of the mm-hmm. new testament yep. give everybody copies of the new testament we, we had moral morality you didn't dare talk back to the to the teacher or vice principal you'd get swats hey even in my school in Raytown, missouri we had pickup trucks with 22s sure. and deer rifles sure. and no one went out and got a gun and brought it into school and was shooting people in Oklahoma. Everybody had a hunting rifle, hunting in the in the in the deer rack, hanging in the back of the pickup truck in Missouri. That's just absolutely no. We never had anything like that. It is the absence of morality taking God out of our system mm-hmm. of education and out of our society. Why we're seeing such godless heathen behavior, mm-hmm. and we see groups like the Freedom from Religion Foundation and Americans United. You know, two thousand eight, I had Barry Lynn send me a letter saying I had violated uh, the separation of church and state. I sent him a letter back and said, I've already turned myself in. Well, let the IRS never heard from them. There is no such no, thing no. As, as what's being promoted. And the sad thing about it is, is that an attorney was correct in saying that the court currently views this mm-hmm. properly. Yep. They're, they're actually accurately uh, enforcing the Constitution. Now. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, they were inaccurately enforcing it. We have a, a freedom of expression and we do not have an established state religion, which is what the Bill of Rights was talking about, no established state religion. Now, let's talk about that. But what foundation does the Republic of the United States of America found, stand? First of all, you go to our United States Capitol, and in the rotunda, you'll see this painting hanging. It's 12 feet wide, 16, or 16 feet wide, 12 feet tall, this giant depiction of the pilgrims leaving Holland. This is where they first separated. We see Pastor John Robinson there in the black clerical garment on the right Mm -hmm. center of the screen, Mm -hmm. leading in prayer. You see John Carver uh, next to him. You see uh, William Bradford there behind him. They're opening up, uh, and that's uh, uh, Elder Brewster that's holding Mm -hmm. the New Testament open right in the middle of this painting. That's what their whole lives yep. centered around. And it says the New Testament. The New Testament. This of our was the establishment. Exactly. Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This was the establishment of, of Plymouth. Yep. Most of the United States of America has been modeled after the influence of the pilgrims and the Puritans. But all of the United States claimed a biblical foundation. Mm-hmm. We're going to look at just a few of those things. John Palfrey, who wrote the history of New England, commented, this is 150 years ago, that the Puritans and the Pilgrims, the separatists, they're a little bit different, but they both, building this new society, searched the Bible for biblical principles that they mm-hmm. could incorporate. Yep. And it so affected their descendants that 200 years 
excuse me, 150 years after the Pilgrims landed, we see the first Continental Congress. And we're going to comment about this just a little bit later in today's broadcast. It is recorded, by the way, this picture came from the Library of Congress. This didn't come from Wall Builders and David Barton. This is in the Library of Congress depicting the first meeting of the First Continental Congress, Mm -hmm. which began with local pastor Jacob Deshaies coming and leading an extended devotional and prayer meeting before they began conducting business. Mm -hmm. We see Patrick Henry. We see George Washington. We see John Adams. We see Sam Adams. We see all the famous forefathers in this picture, and this is historically accurate. So what was the viewpoint of the 13 colonies when we recognized that on July 4, 1776, these 13 colonies declared their independence from Great Britain, and they became 13 sovereign nations. Mm -hmm. And they each, as 13 sovereign states, had their own constitutions. Let's look at a few of them. We'll not even take the time to look at all of them, but let's see what they have. Delaware, you could not serve in any position of government without making this profession of faith. I, state your name, do profess faith in God the Father and in Jesus Christ his only Son and in the Holy Ghost, one God, blessed forevermore, and I do acknowledge the Holy Scriptures of the Old and New Testament to be given by divine inspiration. That is a stronger profession of faith than Mm -hmm. most people give when they make a profession of faith anymore. (laughs) But you couldn't serve in any area of the government in Delaware unless you were a committed Christian. Now, Mm -hmm. were they the exception? No? Let's look at some others. Here's Georgia. Georgia guaranteed the religious liberty of anybody that adhered to the Protestant religion. And I'm going to say this now, but we're going to come back to it. The thing that was so unique about the United States of America was that most governments had established state religions Mm -hmm. where the citizens were required by law to be a member of the king's church. That's what the Church of England was. That's what the pilgrims left. So mandatory membership, mandatory attendance, mandatory tithe. That's what an established state church Mm -hmm. is. Christianity obviously is not establishing a state church. As we've seen from these first two colonies that became states, you couldn't serve in either legislature or as governor unless in Georgia you had to be adhere to the Protestant religion. Delaware had just a pure profession of faith. Let's go on. Massachusetts. Every denomination of Christians shall be equally under the protection of the law, and no subordination of any one denomination to another shall ever be established by law. So they weren't freeing themselves from religion. They were just eliminating the requirement of you having to be a member of the king's denomination. That's right. That was the religious liberty. You could be any form of Protestant. doesn't matter, but they weren't going to force you to be a member of the Church of England. Yep. Virginia. It is the mutual duty to all to practice Christian forbearance, love, and charity toward each other. Mm-hmm. Let's look at Rhode Island. Every person shall be free to worship God according to the dictates of such person's uh, conscience and to profess by argument to maintain such person's opinions in matters of religion and that the same shall in no wise diminish, enlarge, or affect their rights as citizens. Mm-hmm. Let's look at New Hampshire. The person could not serve in any part of government. This one happens to be the president of New Hampshire. Remember, at the signing of the Declaration, they weren't 13 states as we know them. They were 13 countries. 
The president of the country of New Hampshire couldn't serve in office unless he was a Protestant or adhered to the Protestant religion. What about Vermont? Vermont's another one. I, state your name, do believe in one God, the creator and governor of the, of the universe, of the diverse, the rewarder of the good and punisher of the wicked. And I do acknowledge the scriptures, of the Old and New Testament, to be given by divine inspiration and own and profess the Protestant religion. That would be considered hate speech. That's a, yeah. <laughs> but do you see any, you can't talk about Jesus, you can't pray in Jesus' name? Well, maybe these guys didn't understand what they were signing on to with the Declaration of Independence <laughs> or when they altered the Constitution. Here's Maryland, Constitution of 1776. You could not hold office. Obviously, you had to say, I do, I am, do not swearing allegiance to the King of Great Britain. I am no longer a, a British subject, and, and I must be a Christian, a declaration of belief in the Christian religion. Mm-hmm. New Jersey. All persons professing a belief uh, in the faith of any Protestant sect. Pennsylvania, you had to make this statement. I do believe in one God, the creator and governor of the universe, the rewarder of the good and punisher of the wicked. And I do acknowledge the scriptures of the Old and New Testament to be given by divine inspiration. And no no further religious test. There was a Mm -hmm. religious test. Yep. There was a religious test in all these colonies that became states. Mm. You had to be a Christian, or at least adhere to the Christian worldview. That was yep. mandatory. That was, they say, oh, you can't have religious tests. No, Congress cannot establish a state church and yep. require you to be a member of it, but every state required you to be a Christian or a professing uh, of, mm-hmm. of the adhering to the Protestant beliefs. North Carolina, no person shall deny the being of God. So no atheist could serve or the truth of the Protestant religion, or the divine authority either of the Old and New Testaments, or who shall hold religious principles incompatible with the freedom and safety of the state shall be capable of holding any office or place of trust or profit in the civil government within this state. And I think we've got another one here, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. No person shall be eligible to a seat in the said Senate unless he be of the Protestant religion and of a certain age. Do you notice a common theme here, David? Yep. Christianity. Is it freedom from religion as the Freedom from Religion Foundation? That's the reason why it's in the uh, Bill of Rights, separation of church and state. So we're not allowed to bring our Bibles into schools or anything like that, right? (laughs) You haven't been paying attention. I'll start over. (laughs) That is not what we're talking about. (laughs) They were all professing to be Christians. As a matter of fact, Patricia Bonomi, professor emeritus at New York University, not exactly a bastion of conservative Christianity, Mm -hmm. but she was honest in her research. She did a report on the uniqueness of religious diversity in the colonies. Paper titled The Middle Colonies as the Birthplace of of American Religious Pluralism said this, at the time of the signing of the Declaration, 98% of the colonists were Protestant. Wow. The other 2% were largely, if not completely made up, of either Catholics or Jews. So America was founded 100% upon a Judeo-Christian worldview. Mm -hmm. So these people that are saying, oh, you can't pray in Jesus' name, are lying. They are working the work of their father, the devil. They don't know the truth, and they're repeating the lies. These people that say that you can't talk about Jesus in church, they're lying. That one lawyer made the correct statement. The Supreme Court has now reversed course. They are properly interpreting the Constitution. Mm -hmm. Here in Edmond, back in the early 90s, we had on our city seal four quadrants, one of which had the cross. 
1992, yep. the ACLU sued, and Edmund lost. We had to take the cross off our city seal. For about two decades, we just left that quadrant blank. Yeah, because we testimony. accept it. They're conditioning, in a, yep. they're conditioning yep. us and our brains to think, if, 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 if I pray in Jesus' name, I will get in trouble. So what do people do? They stop doing they, that. They self-censor. That's right. That's exactly. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah. The government can't censor you, but they're bullying you into self-censor. That's right. Here's the thing. I was talking to our friend Matt Staver just within the last couple of months with these latest uh, opinions of the Supreme Court. We could put the cross back on the city seal in Edmond if we wanted to. We absolutely have every right because they're finally interpreting the separation of church and state properly. Mm-hmm. Now, with all of this background, that lays the history of this event. September 7th, 1774. For the first time, you had some 56, 55 men, I believe, from the 12 of the 13 colonies. One, I think Georgia wasn't able to send representatives because the British government had really cracked down on them. And this was the first meeting of the First Continental Congress to discuss what their response should be to these untenable acts uh, by King George. And they were trying to figure it out. They wound up sending a a letter uh, just begging him to recognize their rights. But before they started any business officially, it was recommended as this letter from John Adams written to his wife, Abigail. They were both brilliant minds. They they were pen pals, obviously couldn't send emails or make phone calls. Mm -hmm. So they wrote letters of which we benefit because they document so much of history. Mm -hmm. But this is what John Adams wrote to Abigail about that first prayer in Congress. When the Congress met, Mr. Cushing made a motion that we should be opened in prayer. It was opposed by John Jay of New York and Mr. Rutledge of South Carolina. Both were committed Christians. Why were they opposing it? They said we're of different denominations. Is it really okay that we all pray together? As you see, some of us are Episcopal, some Quakers, some Anabaptists, some Presbyterians, some Congregationalists. Can we really all join together in the same act of worship? Sam Adams, who was the really the, the, the founding father of the American War for Independence, he was that original agitator in Massachusetts, <laughs> stood and said that he, being Mr. Adams, was no bigot, and he would be glad to hear a prayer from any, any gentleman of piety, in other words, any preacher, any denomination, who was at the same time a patriot, a friend of his country. Now, John Adams, as we see he's writing here to Abigail, uh, talking about his, his cousin, Sam, was a stranger in Philadelphia. Didn't know who Jacob Deshay was, but had heard a good reputation about him. Recommended that Jacob Deshay be called to lead in prayer the next day. By the way, this was interesting because Adams was a Congregationalist. Jacob Deshay was a Episcopal, was mm-hmm. Church of England. Yep. So this would be like oil and water. I mean, literally, it'd be like Catholics oh, yeah. and Baptists uh, 200 years ago getting mm-hmm. together the same prayer meeting. The motion was seconded and passed in the affirmative. Mr. Randolph, our president, veiled or asked Mr. Deshay, received for answer that he would, if his health permit, he would be there. Accordingly, the next morning, the Reverend Mr. Deshay appeared with all of his black clerical robes, all of his official garb, Mm -hmm. and read several prayers in the established form of the Church of England, their daily prayer book, then read the reading from the Scripture for the seventh day of September, which happened to be the 35th Psalm. By the way, that was a remarkable psalm for this event. Mm -hmm. And here's what Adam said to Abigail. I never saw a greater effect upon an audience. It seemed as if heaven had ordained that psalm to be read that morning. After this, Mr. Duchesne unexpectedly to every, everybody struck out in an extempore prayer, which is how we pray, mm-hmm. just pray from the heart, which filled the bosom of every man present. 
I must confess, Adams went on to say, I never heard a better prayer or one so well pronounced. It has had an excellent effect upon everybody here. I must beg you, Abigail, to read Psalm 35. Now, do you think these guys knew what was legal or not? This was Congress. Mm -hmm. Do you think they wanted to separate from religion? No. As we saw, 98% of the colonists at the time of the signing of the Declaration were Protestant. 100% adhered to Judeo-Christianity. We see that the foundation goes all the way back to the pilgrims, came through the many generations here at the very first meeting of the very first Continental Congress. Then two years later, when, when uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson was the chief penman of what we call the Declaration of Independence, makes this statement, when in the course of human events becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth a separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them. Now, we, not being well educated in our modern day, don't know what that is. But every term of the Declaration was actually a legal term defined in their legal dictionaries. William Blackstone was the primary thought leader of American politics. Yep wrote Blackstone's Commentaries on Law. Here is the definition of natural law. Since man is a created being, he must be subject to the laws of his creator, for he is entirely dependent. And consequently, as man depends absolutely upon his maker for everything, it is necessary that he should on all points conform to his maker's will. This will of his maker is called the law of nature. Now, we can observe much of the law of nature just as we walk outside. But the specifics as far as like details of morality are laid out in the divine law found only in the Holy Scriptures, that being the Bible. No human law should ever dare disagree with something that God has established. That's right. Now, here's what they believed as far as having limited federal government or limited civil government. If we had strong self-government, strong families and strong churches— then you didn't need a strong police force and strong central government because we right. were capable of self-government. They tried that in Seattle, though. Oh, yeah. And didn't that work well? <laughs> what was what was that, two miles or two blocks of when they seceded from uh. America? I forget what that was called. <laughs> stupidity. Uh, yeah, stupidity. <laughs> a, a great experiment in stupidity. But Adams, as president, said this about our Constitution. Our Constitution doesn't give us a government that has the power to rein in man's unbridled passions except man be self-governing by morality and religion. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. That's right. This man, Robert Winthrop, which would have been a, a representative from Massachusetts, so think 200 years before Nancy Pelosi, <sighs> we had a man like this in, in our House of Representatives. Winthrop made this statement, and this is really where the rubber meets the road and where this argument comes about, good versus evil. It's not Republican versus Democrat anymore. It is good versus yes, evil. Yes, that's right. Winthrop said this, all societies of men must be governed somehow. The less they must have of state government, the more they must have of individual self-government. The less they rely on public law or physical force, the more they must rely on private moral restraint. Men, in a word, must necessarily be controlled either by a power within them or by a power without them, either by the word of God or by the strong arm of man, either by the Bible or by the bayonet. Mm -hmm. That's why religion 
morality are so important yep. to us in the United States of America. And that's why those that are trying to bring down our current constitutional republic and the freedoms that we enjoy, and we are the exception to 6,000 years of world history, as they're trying to attack us and get us to throw off mm-hmm. any connection to the Bible. And without the Bible, then we're very little different than, than wild That's animals right. living here. Yep. So here's what was unique about America, to sum all this up. And, and folks, this has been more of a, of a lesson, really, than it's been our sure. typical yep. podcast. Yep. But it's so important that I wanted to nail down the facts. This is not Paul's opinion. Couldn't care less about Paul's opinion. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. Here is the truth, and I'm documenting every bit of it. The argument was not whether they should be religious or not. All of the, the arguments by Thomas Jefferson and others is whether they should have, they, it was against religion. Mm-hmm. Organized religion had so perverted so much of human history. Sure. But as far as the purity of Christianity and the Word of God and the Lord Jesus and Christian ethics, that was unquestioned by any of them. Yep. So in America, we do not have an established state church. We don't have the Church of America. Yeah, we're not required to pay tithes. That's exactly right. To not a state required church. to attend. Not That's right. Exactly. It's not like what they left in the Church of England. However, as I've shown you, America was unquestionably founded upon Christianity. Mm -hmm. And the unique thing about America was that all Christian denominations were on equal footing. They all had complete civil rights and civil liberty. Mm -hmm. That was earth-shattering at the time, so different than any other country. Now, this shows you what it's really all about. There's a wacko group, I think, of, of LGBT activists that are here in Edmond. And they basically take shots at about everything our church does. Yeah. If we're on one side, you can rest assured they're on the other. But I love this. A couple of months ago, my wife got this screenshot because this reveals what they're really after. It's not about just having freedom to practice their homosexuality or they're afraid they're going to be beat up or, or killed or anything. That's not what it's about at all. They're, they're, they run no risk of that today. Here's the goal. You see that that LGBT steamroller, everybody in the cab smiling. What are they going to destroy? What are they crushing? The traditional family, having a father and a mother in the home, raising their own children. Uh, Christian values, the sanctity of marriage. It's not at all about tolerance. They are very intolerant of the Bible, and they're trying to stamp out Jesus Christ. Yep. That's why you saw this these morons respond to this heroic school board member. And that's why you see the opposition to Superintendent Ryan Walters. So if you're in our listening audience, I recommend go to the website, go to the Ryan Walters website, go to the Tulsa School Board website, send an email of gratitude to them, and make sure that you are paying attention to what's going on because Ryan Walters is a hero trying to stand up for the rights of parents and for the the safety of, of the children in public education. And God bless this Elena Ashley. I've never met her, never heard of her before until this event, but I appreciate her boldness and daring have the audacity to pray to the one true living God and Mm -hmm. pray in the authority of the name of Jesus. So, David, I think we've solved this dilemma <laughs> about uh, the separation from religion or the Freedom From Religion Foundation of America and this whole nonsense about uh, you can't pray in, in school or you can't bring the Bible in school. And by the way, this does not mean that when we put a copy of the Ten Commandments out by the state capitol that they have the right to put up a statue to Satan next to it. 
Mm-hmm. No, not at all. There's no history in America of the Church of Satan settling the United States of America yep. or the Church of Satan or Buddha or Islam or anything else being the foundation of truth upon which this country was built. Historically, we were built on the Judeo-Christian Bible and the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So let's boldly stand for truth. Hopefully, these non-believers will listen, but legally, if they object, they might as well just keep it to themselves, because yep. legally, they don't have a leg to stand on. We need to hold the fort, we need to hold the line, and we need to voice our opinion strongly. I, I love watching these videos of yep. parents standing yep. up at school board meetings, and they're holding the line. They are not going to allow their kids to be indoctrinated. They, they want their kids to be focused back on educational, true biblical values. And let's talk about educating our students for our future generations rather than indoctrinating and get the acceptance of LGBTQ and all that kind of stuff. No, we're there to educate kids. That's right. That's what we're supposed to do. And what would be amazing is that what you just did today, oh, what, yeah. what if we did that in the classrooms? We need to. We need to do it with the teachers because the teachers exactly. don't know any better. They don't know any better. I mean, I can't tell you – I know we've gone a long time, but I can't tell you the number of, of – I'm not going to mention the school, but in my office, I'd always have a Bible laying mm-hmm. on my office desk. The number of people who, is, who come to my office say, separation, church, and state. It was an opportunity for me to, to, to help educate them. The unfortunate thing is you tell them the truth, they don't want to hear the truth. Because I think deep down they know the truth. Yeah, but, sure. That's why it riles them up so much. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I wouldn't want to mention that university that's located in Edmond, <laughs> Oklahoma, and it's a public university. It used to be a teacher's college, yep. but we won't name the University of Central Oklahoma by name. But so anyway, but that was well well said, and I'm encouraged because I do think, as you you talked about these these parents that are standing up, the silent majority is being silent no more. That's We've right. had enough. We've had it up to here, and we're not going to take it anymore. And the tr- we are on the side of truth. And as we've seen with what's going on with Target and their stock, what's going on with Anheuser-Busch and their stock and all these mm-hmm. other woke That's companies, right. BlackRock is now squealing to high heaven. We want mm-hmm. to put BlackRock And now we have country artists business. that are releasing songs and co- like yeah, exactly. uh, 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 Try It in a yep. Small Town. Yep. Or how about Stick Your Progress, where the sun yep. don't shine. <laughs> yep. The you silent know. majority is being That's silent right. no more. No fear, ladies and gentlemen. We must stand for truth for the sake of our children and for our children's children. That's right. Anything else you want to add? No. Well, I'm sorry I hugged the microphone. But <laughs> no. Today was a lesson more than yeah. a conversation. Sure. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of Riding the Storm Out. And until next time, God bless you. Oh.